Today's episode of Poets at War is sponsored by the following. Imagine countless worlds before you. Fantasy and science fiction tales. Heroes charging gallantly into battle, heedless of win or fail. Upon the ancient steps of glory, a battle for time must be won. Join the characters from every realm as they seek the words, well done. Audio Adventures Podcast by Joshua David Ling, full of epic poetry, sure to make your heart sing. If you like listening to Rob Inglis read The Lord of the Rings, or Andrew Peterson read his Wingfeather Saga, you'll love Audio Adventures by Joshua David Ling. Visit joshuadavidling.com slash audioadventures to listen. also known by his regular name, Ian Maffitt. A worship leader, a poet, a singer, a songwriter, and we talk about the church and art and many other things. This is Poets at War. Uh, my church put out, you, you'll be interested in this. My church put out a, um, they wanted to see what it would be for professional uh, help for fixing our sanctuary situation. Our, uh, we got a huge, beautiful sanctuary. It sounds amazing when music's being played in it, but we got an older congregation like most churches and they cannot hear the pastor. Um, oh. You know, just because it's just too much reverb off the walls oh, everything else yeah yeah it's just it's bad yeah so what i did was i brought the our our, our back our not backup it's for like when we do cookouts and stuff speaker system into the sanctuary as a temporary test and essentially put them on stands just over the heads of the audience because we had one giant speaker pointed at a 45 degree angle down from the ceiling and it was bouncing off the concrete carpeted floor and back up into the ceiling and all kinds of crazy yeah and so i just put it right there over the heads of the audience we just got our quote back today ninety four thousand (laughs) dollars for a steerable speaker array and sound baffling yeah daggum that's crazy how expensive that stuff gets goodness i know um but yeah wow have y'all looked into just like a uh i forget what it's officially called but kind of like a hearing aid system yeah we have that we have that we're gonna we're gonna do have that we do we do have that and some people are are cool with that and we've talked about upgrading that that's what was the first suggestion someone said but we we're gonna need to more make a more permanent and aesthetically pleasing solution than what i currently have anyway i think the placement on what i have is going to be the best of best thing we can possibly do um so but it's just (laughs) (laughs) i just i i was i was i felt kind of vindicated with the sticker shock so (laughs) i was just like "Mm -hmm." so yeah yeah we're uh We're we're getting started on some renovations for our sanctuary, and it's like I originally planned for about twelve thousand because we were doing a, a camp a fundraiser, um, 
And the more, like, the more I put it together, the more I was like, I might need more. <laughs> I mm -hmm. probably will need more. Because, goodness, that stuff adds up so fast. Yeah, it sure does. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so for those of the people who are listening who don't know, uh, basically describe your job and what you've been doing all these years that I've known you for sure as an artist and that sort of a thing. <laughs> uh well, right now I am serving a church in South Central Illinois, uh, which that's a long story. Um, well, they don't know where you're originally from, so you know. <laughs> that That's true. I, was, I started out in Georgia. My wife was born and raised there. I was raised there. So moving to Illinois was never, never on the game plan. <laughs> um, but the Lord had other plans. <laughs> but I'm currently serving as worship in... I think my official title is worship and media minister uh, for a, uh, I guess about 250 member, maybe 300 uh, church. Uh, and uh, it's kind of a small agricultural town. And um, it, it's funny going from Atlanta to a place like this. Yeah, I get to be kind of a, a big fish in a small pond kind of thing. Um, just because I have, this experience and really not many people other not many other people do um so you know that i let me see uh professionally i guess you could say i've been leading worship for about 10 years and never um, since i've known you before that <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much uh you know 10 years is about how long i've been getting paid for it 20 years i think is how long i've i've really been doing it um so yeah long time leading worship uh and uh yeah on on the side i try to write songs um i try to write across the board uh you know stylistically and and all that but so it, you know it ranges from you know praise and worship to uh heavy metal <laughs> um <laughs> And I, I've got a bunch of stuff out on Spotify and Apple Music and all that other, all those other sources. Yep. So, yeah. And so, I, I, uh, I'm blessed to be able to use some of the songs I've written in worship and, and actually get, have gotten good feedback. So, yeah, that's, that's always really rewarding. I've had a few songs that I've written uh, that we perform, you know, to various basic tunes and things. And that's always uh really really enjoyable for me to just hear the words uh sung just just that part of it you know you're actually creating full yeah. songs with chords and everything and y'all are more of a praise and worship kind of church i'm sure because so so mm -hmm. so, so it's not just you know your your standard hymn tunes and things you get to see how your your music and structure actually can affect the the worship of the congregation which is I, I think probably pretty rewarding. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, we met, it, um, it's, it's still kind of goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to go into that more, you can, otherwise I'll just go on to what I was going to say. I mean, I, it's, I mean, I mean, I just, it's hard to explain like when you hear people singing back your own music and it's, it's, uh, you know, you don't want to be that guy that's like, Oh, look at me. But like, at the same time, it's like, you know, I wrote that. I mean, God used me to write that, but I, right. I wrote that and people are actually seeing it. It's like, this is, this is cool. Yep. 
and and you pray that the songs outlast you that's that's the really exciting thing you know um that, amen to that. that that that's that's how i feel about my stories and my poetry and you know that from all the years we've known each other um rewinding back i met you uh years and years ago uh i know for the for sure for the first time i probably met you through the grapevine before this but uh back during the late 2000s period mid to late 2000s period at uh uh it was then trinity presbyterian church in alpharetta georgia um and uh you were working in worship there you're about five or six years older than me something like that and so there about yeah we, we 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 got on pretty well but i was a little bit younger and and uh we kind of just talked here and there years and years later uh chris reyes and um benjamin curley and i started the story to screen podcast and they really wanted another guy on especially chris did he wanted more people to rotate and have have some friends to talk about movies and i suggested you because i knew you love movies and love talking story and all kinds of things like that and um we brought you in and had a really good time and that was just a, a really fun time now that i finally get everybody but my sister on so far that we've had on regularly on the story to screen <laughs> <laughs> you were the next one so but yeah uh wh what were your I, that whole period like from trinity to story to screen what was that period like for you because i don't think i've ever talked to you about your life during that period or anything like that i know it was very formative for you yeah yeah i think uh trinity and then what it eventually became um was very impactful because it kind of helped me establish myself not just as a worship leader but as a leader and i, I just kind of under um bill palace's kind of tutelage and then later um i can't think of his name hardy um, yeah yeah um you know he, he definitely had his faults and uh, I think he misunderstood where I was coming from on, on some things, but just kind of, it, it was very formative in that it helped me understand in a broader and deeper way, not just the power of music in church, but my role as, as a leader in that, and that, you know, I'm not just the guy standing up front, strumming his guitar and hoping people catch on. Um, you know, there, there's a, a intentional intentionality to it that uh that is very crucial to what i do and um so that was yeah that that was a a big big deal and and later hardy and i kind of had a little bit of a a falling out um i think he he was trying to do something that really wasn't quite working and um i was probably not as <laughs> not as gracious in my response to that as I should have been. Uh, so we, so we ended up kind of parting ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, during that time I was also pursuing, uh, uh, videography stuff and, um, trying to establish myself as a videographer and, uh, eventually that didn't work out so well just cause God had other plans. Uh, but yeah it was yeah very very formative time yeah and then uh getting into story to screen 
I, I, I know I had a really fun time. Anytime you were on, it was, yeah. it was, it, we, we always had a good time talking all the Marvel movies and stuff that came out during that time period. And, you know, all the other things that we came up with and, and saw, it was just a really good time. And uh, then you got married and, and uh, I was short, uh, hot on your heels after that, getting married myself. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we all just kind of, you know, moved apart, moved our own directions, but one of the things that I've always appreciated about you is you're a person who can, it doesn't ever really shy away from theological conversation and, and, and stating what the scripture says. And, and that's something that in worship leader contexts where people have the more modern idea of a worship leader, as opposed to the more congregational style, there tends to be a little bit more of the uh, playing to uh, people's what, what, equivocation maybe would be the word and um, yeah. yeah yeah and 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 that's something that you've grown in grace you've grown to be able to to really talk with people but you and I were kind of brought up in more kind of reformed circles and everything and that's one thing that I've always really admired about you is you've had this ability to and you see it in your music too you're you're very clear with what the truth is and when you're not clear you back down you know and 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 you you're 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 very honed in on the truth and real and you realize that the truth uh if you if you don't have truth you don't have your beauty and you don't have beauty you don't have the truth and that's something that i've always admired about you and 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 the work that you do um is that uh something that has always been kind of natural to you or something that you've like had to really work at over the years or both i i probably both really uh ever since i can remember um you know just starting out uh when i you know i, I was starting to get comfortable with guitar and you know especially at that point that was during the um uh, what you could call the verse chorus point in modern praise and worship where you had the first, you had a course and you just repeated <laughs> until, <laughs> you know, the spirit moved. Um, and that drove me, that drove me crazy. Uh, so like starting out, I, you know, I wanted to change things. I wanted to, you know, bring, you know, put something in there that really was impactful and meaningful. And uh, I, th I think the Lord's definitely softened some of those edges since but yeah ever since i can remember like just the, the truth has always been so important to everything i've done and it's definitely rubbed some people the wrong way for sure um again uh, i've grown in graciousness <laughs> since that you know my teenage years um it, but uh you know, that it's, it's one of those things you, you got to learn after a while. It's like, you know, the truth has to be up there, out there, and you got to be willing to shine the light on falsity. And uh, so I still try to do that. It's still incredibly important to me. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. I really appreciate that because uh, that means I, I'm somewhat successful in, in, <laughs> what I'm trying to do with my music, uh, because that, that is so important to when I write, you know, I don't want to just write something nice and 
that sounds good. I, I want to write something that's meaningful and impactful and that's truthful. You know, our influences change over time. So when I ask this question, I don't want you to give me just the full on ideals. I'd love to hear that too. But starting toward that beginning period and how that changed, how did your influences change over time? Uh, musically and, and and lyrically, you know, there's so many different great worship leaders, you and I, and not just worship leaders, but just Christian artists that we've talked about over the years. Uh, you, you know, you got your riches, Rich Mullins, Stephen Curtis Chapman, you know, the guys like that. And then you've got, you know, some more obscure artists and things like that, that we both like, and some that I don't even know about, but like, walk me through how your influences have changed and where you're at now, where your biggest influences are. <sighs> Well, starting out, uh, the stuff I listened to a lot was, uh, like I said, there's some obscure, and not just obscure, not just Christian stuff too. You could you could you yeah. could throw in the other ones. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, like in in terms of musical style, like Plank Eye was a huge huge influence to me. Uh, just in in the way they played. And not many, it's always a surprise to me when someone knows who Plank Eye is. Um, and, and usually it's like, oh yeah, they played at my church that time I got to hang out with them. And it's like, oh, cool. I never got to see them live. Um, but, uh, you know, it, musically, the, them and, and the Five Iron Frenzy were, were big influences. Uh, I loved uh, Five Iron Frenzy's just sometimes raw emotion. Um, that always appealed to me. And then you had OC Supertones, uh, you know, loved OC Supertones, just because they were, they always, they always try to keep it positive, but real. Yeah. And uh, they were so, um, they were, they were so good at, at uh, straddling that line, I guess you could say between um you know, being super theological and super cheesy, <laughs> yeah. uh, because it, it's ska. Ska is a little silly. Yeah, uh, you can't take you know, ska one hundred percent seriously. You just can't. You, yeah, you really can't. Um, so, like, you know, you had bands like that, and then, uh, you know, I'll be honest, Chevelle was was a huge band for me at that point. Uh, just because as a teenager, I was working through so many raw emotions and Chevelle was a great way to vent. Um, and so they were in, in my heavier stuff in particular, they were very influential. Um, and then, I don't know, these days, it's, it's, it's still kind of a, a mixed bag. Um, just kind of depends on the mood I'm in. There's in terms of musical style and, and uh, technical ability, like Mark Tremonti, formerly of Creed, and um, he's got a bunch of his uh, solo stuff. Like, I love him. He's like, he's still pretty raw and honest in his songwriting, and he's just so good at guitar. It's ridiculous. Um, when, when I grow up, I want to be Mark Tremonti. Um, <laughs> But, uh, and then, um, you know, the Gettys have been in, very influential in me over the last uh, probably five, 10 years, just in, in their ability to, and, and desire to write modern hymns. Um, 
huge, you know, their, their songwriting has been very influential and you can probably hear that in my song, Our God Controls a Raging Seas, because I, I kind of stylistically borrowed from them a lot on that one. Um, Real quick, you want to hear my, uh, my Gettys story? Yeah. Okay. So I was at G3 2020, which was in January. So right before, you know, the world went crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so they were at G3, the, the Gettys were, and um, I got the feeling they weren't having a very good time um, at certain points. Um, and a lot was never, never communicated to us media people. I was working, you know, backstage, helping out with things, uh, just it kind of runner doing everything right and uh yeah so i was set to mic keith up for a roundtable discussion on stage and we had a you know uh countryman mic you know and everything for him to put on and uh i i approach him like i did everyone else who was super gracious the entire time and was like hey here you go um i gotta mic you up and everything and they're like okay yeah sure whatever you know remove the jacket do the whole thing no joke he just stared at me i i repeated it a couple times the third time he uh removed one side of his jacket said nothing i began to put it you know and different people have various levels of comfort with like touching whatever some of them will take it and put it on their ear some people you know whatever he just stood there so i tried placing it on his ear didn't really get it fit right before he turned away it was kind of hanging off weird and then i tried to hand him the thing and he would the 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 receiver he wouldn't take it so i very gingerly just placed it in his pocket really quickly <laughs> and it was very strange and then it goes on stage and then i find out like three uh, halfway through the talk where the microphone's falling off his ear and everything that uh he told the person in charge that uh he only uh did mics on a stand period he doesn't do anything else and had he just told me i'd be like cool we'll figure it out <laughs> so <laughs> that was one of the weirdest situations i've ever i've ever been in and i was just like I, I had to laugh awkward. so hard afterward <laughs> like just <laughs> that would be so awkward right uh, take take this please <laughs> It was ridiculous, man. I just, <laughs> if I wasn't as good natured as I was, I'd probably be mortified even now. I just, I can't help but laugh. It's just I mean, so silly. You've got to with something like that. <laughs> yeah, not, not going to lie. Um, I was at uh, their their last conference. Um, uh, the Sing Conference? The Sing Conference, Yeah which the first two times I went was so good um, just because the worship was so powerful. And this time it was just a weird vibe. Yeah. Like, I don't think I could put my finger on anything in particular, but for it, it, I, well, I guess 
it kind of felt like one big sales pitch. Yeah. Yeah. For all of their stuff, like one <laughs> yeah. big sales pitch for the Gettys mm-hmm. uh, because everything was kind of more or less about them. Right. Um, so I, yeah, it was just that weird vibe, but I got to meet Shane and Shane and they were super nice. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like they were just like, Oh, oh Hey, yeah. Yeah. We're Shane and Shane. And so we talked about music a little bit and they're like, yeah, man, we, we love, you know, just the, the opportunities we've gotten. And, um, uh, but yeah, they, they were super cool. Took a picture with me and, um, but everything else, like Chris Tomlin was there and he avoided everybody. <laughs> like he had his personal assistant that had his guitar and he went up on stage. He did his thing immediately came back and he and his assistant ran off. Like yep. the, he and the Gettys didn't talk to anybody else. Like, which was like the other people, the other uh, speakers and performers, like they get off and they, they chat with people, but like, they always headed straight back to, I, I'm assuming the green room and it, yeah, it was weird. And that's one like, of the, the really weird things in general. And like this kind of bigger evangelical SBC tangent world um, that I've noticed, you know, we were raised Presbyterian for, for the most part. Um, you, you had some other influences as well, but I was raised yeah. pretty much strictly reformed Presbyterian. And so like, it's one of those things where when I go into another world, which it really is a whole other culture. Um, and I, and I, and I go and I talk to some of these folks and, you know, the other thing is you have this idea of who someone is, for example, like I, I met Paul Washer and, um, I didn't really meet, I, I did talk to Paul some, but uh, the other one was uh, John MacArthur. And, you know, um, there's your Gettys, like, and they're, you know, the Gettys. And then I had two people who I didn't think necessarily much one way or the other of. Um, Paul Washer, I disagree with on a whole bunch of things. And I've heard some of those sermons. And I, 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 I don't think he's as great a preacher as people say. You know, I'm just, okay, Paul Washer, right? but some people put them way up there. You know, it's like, I'm not looking yeah. to grade pastors, but some people put them like way <laughs> up there. Right. Oh yeah. And so I was thoroughly amazed by his conduct, the way mm. that he treated everyone, the fact that he made, t- took time out of everything and, and would have been on the schedule otherwise, but refused to do a few things so that he could go to the Spanish part of the conference because he speaks Spanish and those people oh, wow. were not treated well, I'll be honest with you. Um, mm. There's a whole other things with that, but I want to go into that. And then John MacArthur literally stood next to the stage during like the lunch period for probably an hour, just talking to everyone. Wow. And I mean, that guy, you know, money wise and fame wise, he's way up there. So it's like, there are yeah. some of these guys who you see their conduct and you're like, wow, okay, like, uh, bravo, I respect you, sir. And then there's others that you see and you're just like, wait, what are we doing here? Like, do you even see all these people here? Are we having a party (laughs) or not? Like, do people just hate fellowship? (laughs) Yeah, for real. I I don't know if some people, they they just get wrapped up in, in that, 
um, otherworldly aspect of of the being a celebrity in the Christian uh, universe. It's just such a weird thing. It's such a weird thing. Um, and so they, they, I think maybe they just kind of lose touch with reality and, and just don't want to be bothered with those unwashed masses. I don't know. It's, it, it, that's something that's very confusing because what you're doing requires you to be involved with people like and be so super outgoing you, and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, that, that part of it is not easy for everybody, but it's still something like, something i had to get over like <laughs> I, it's still shocking to people to people when i tell them i'm a natural introvert and people are always shocked when i say that <clears throat> because it's just one of those things that it's it's part of ministry and i'm really really grateful to people like ted lester and bill powis who really helped me to see that that we're in the people business you got to interact with people so it's always very disappointing when I see these celebrities who like just avoid the masses, it's like, so are, are we just kind of a source of income for you? It's like, is, is that all where we are right now? Right. It's, it's always disappointing. Yeah. The, but those uh, guys like, like the, those guys like MacArthur who are huge, like everybody knows who John MacArthur is, who can like sit, for an hour and just talk with people it's like you see that he gets it that's yep. awesome yep exactly and then um you know uh i was just thinking like you know we've been talking about quote-unquote christian celebrities and um, uh, let's just bring it out to further to celebrities just depending on the situation but uh I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask you a question and i'm gonna answer it from me for you if you could uh, 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 I'll, I'll answer it first. I'll, I'll ask the question, answer it, and then you can answer for me. So right. basically, I'm imagining a situation where it's you and some kind of famous person that I'd love to just sit down, have a cup of tea, and just watch you two talk. Okay? So you're, you're going to answer for me. I'm going to answer for you. You're the fly on the wall in your answer. Okay? <laughs> so so my answer to be the fly on the wall would be you and john cooper of skillet oh man <laughs> yes <laughs> that would be so cool he's I, a really cool dude i, I, I really I, love him <laughs> like i haven't gotten to, to really meet him personally but just through everything he's done especially the last couple of years mm -hmm. i have so much respect for him someone who has that kind of platform and is not afraid to shy away from the truth that i i respect that so much it makes pretty great rock and roll music <laughs> <laughs> yes he does love skill always have uh i've seen them in, in concert many times and it's always like yeah this is awesome <laughs> um so so with with you um now we're we're talking like any kind of celebrity, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, celebrity. like I I just okay. picked the Christian celebrity because of your particular industry, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I I can see myself being really interested in like you and Christopher Nolan sitting down and discussing story structure. 
I think that would be a lot of fun to watch. Especially considering I'm not the biggest Nolan fan in the world. Well, yeah. That and I I I am not his biggest fan on on all his movies. Like I, I'll admit he's not the most perfect filmmaker, but I love the way that he he tells stories sometimes. Yeah. Um and I think y- y'all talking about story structure and and you know how you develop that would be fascinating to watch that would be that would be a fun conversation regardless i wasn't knocking your choice at all i i just yeah thought, yeah, yeah. I, I just thought it was an it, an interesting one particularly because of the friction that could be involved there with me yeah you know my presuppositions exactly. versus his it would not be a dull conversation i'd be like for sure oh but he he was the first one that pops in mind i i I think that would be that would be cool yep yep that probably would so uh yeah you've been kicking around uh youtube and social media it's like anytime i'm on social media uh trying a new platform i'm always looking up you first because you're the most likely one to be there um the uh and and you don't always stick around and you shouldn't because no one has that kind of time but i at least know that if anyone's tried it who i know it's you so um (laughs) but you've been doing that for a long time you've been pushing your music you've been putting stuff out and i've always admired your uh songwriting in particular um that's something that we've always enjoyed as a family too i still you know i had i haven't done it as much lately because they haven't needed it as much and they've the kids have been more into some of the stuff by uh clamavi de profundis lately which i don't know if you know know about them or not um no i'll tell you about them in a second but they that but uh you're on a lot of hazels especially old uh like lullaby spotify playlists and she's very familiar with your voice i play some of your songs and she just starts singing them you know enjoys them so that's, that's awesome. some of some of your softer songs ended up on lullaby playlists for my kids and they just they love them very cool um but the cool. uh also it's one of the way best ways i can think of to make sure you get some of plenty of those plays <laughs> yeah. um i'll take but, it <laughs> but yeah right but uh, Clamavi de Profundis, um, they are a family group. There's not much info on them specifically, like individually, but they, they uh, on YouTube kind of gained a following because they did um, some covers of a lot of Tolkien's uh, songs from the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And um, they do particularly fantastic arrangements and, and good versions of stuff. And Hazel's favorite um to listen to uh is the song of durin which is the one gimli sings what before they are or, or as they're going into the mines of moria they see the statue and everything nice. um and then peter's is uh the song of baron and luthien which uh is really really good too so nice yeah yeah i'll definitely have to check check that out yep but they have a lot of other stuff too they have a lot of um uh they have some hymns and some catholics uh uh songs you know um some latin hymns and things like that so they 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 cover a broad range of stuff but they are they tend to be slower and clamavi de profundis means from the deep so i think you'll probably really like them nice yeah but uh but yeah so when are you i know you know you're 
governor and many other people want to just you know trap you there forever in that state but uh goodness yeah <laughs> but uh when when do you think uh and and i'm not keeping you on record or anything uh uh but uh <laughs> w- when you're heading back down this away and uh is there any chance that uh we could either meet up in the atlanta area you could come on over and check out the land of golf in augusta <laughs> Uh, that is a very good question. Um, uh, probably next time will be probably closer to summer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we we tend to go down around July fourth, so we'll we'll have to carve out some time around around yeah. then. Uh, I I don't know if we'll be going because Melissa's job has changed. She doesn't have to travel down to georgia for work anymore um but yeah july 4th is is probably the next time we'll we'll make a trip down awesome yeah i'm uh i'm trying to kind of gauge when people are around the area and what people can go and what people can't from the brood so that we can maybe figure out some kind of big meetup at some point because a lot of those guys have been really cool to each other you know we got a few new folks and i'm trying to keep keep peace with occasionally whatever but it's it's one of those things you got to build and keep the peace and and just see where things go and i i i i really enjoy the people that we've had in the brood um yeah but yeah so what else is on your mind what like obviously this is an encouragement for artists this is an encouragement for people who uh have been there uh uh or haven't and are going through whatever it is to get to where they're going to go you've been an artist for a really long time in a lot of different areas you're a jack of all trades like i am uh and you just kind of fell into your own particular niche uh maybe like you said about five ten years ago right so what is your i guess what thoughts do you have, not just advice or, or encouragement, but just whatever you have about that for, for people who are these poets at war, who are in the trenches, who are fighting for beauty, who are Christians, who have all the questions in the world and hardly any of the answers. What do you have for them? I think first thing comes to mind, um, something that I probably would tell my younger self is just keep doing it. Mm. Um, and then also don't expect things to just follow just because you're doing something. Um, I think reaching out to other people and making connections with people who can do things that you're not very good at. Like, uh, for instance, something I've always struggled with is self-promotion. Um, I've had to really work at that because I'm like, oh, put out a song, if people see it, whatever. Um, and why and then you know why isn't anyone watching this um but uh yeah to just just keep working at it keep honing your craft um and find what really sticks um because i started out playing acoustic and you know i just kind of figured that you know that was going to be my songwriting style and um i kind of have developed more into an electric player and using all the cool stuff that you can do with that. Um, and, you know, still drawing from other sources as well. I think reaching out beyond your own comfort zone is a good thing to do. 
um, because it, it kind of help. It can help you refine your own style in many ways because there are aspects like, I mean, uh, it probably isn't the greatest example, but like jazz. Every now and then, I'll, I'll reach out and like kind of look into some jazz stuff and the, like the the finger style and the cordage and and go, oh, okay, that's that's kind of cool, and it'll give me ideas for my own songwriting style. But yeah, like keep at it. Don't be afraid to make you know connect with others, and uh, you know, be willing to. Don't be afraid to stick with what you're passionate about, because that that was tough for me. Because you, you know, I mean, I, anybody who's listening who's an artist can understand. You get the whole, oh, you're never gonna make money doing that, and uh, can't you, you know? Shouldn't you find something else to do? Uh, and uh, you know. If you're passionate about it, just keep at it. Yeah. Just keep doing it. Have you ever, um, you know, this is just something that I've thought about for you um, a few times. I'm always, uh, nowadays, like, because of the brew, because of, you know, just a lot of friends that I've made in various communities to that, that do stuff similar to me, tangential to me, I, because I'm always trying to figure out my own thing, I tend to, like, try to look at other people's things and see if I can help them figure it out. Have you ever uh, written for other folks or tried to write for other folks? Yeah, uh, it's that opportunity has come up a few times, um, but nothing really serious. Yeah. And I, I keep coming up short when I try to reach out to like people in Nashville and that kind of thing, uh, because either a they want tons of money up front for with help or that kind of thing, or b they're just they're just not interested in w- for whatever reason. At this point, we had some problems. We had all kinds of goofy, weird Zoom issues, and I actually planned on having the video. We actually took the video for this one, but unfortunately, mine didn't record. Whoop, I'm already having issues now. Mine, my video didn't record, but Ian's did, so we're just going to put this one out as audio. You guys can check out his stuff all over the place. Ian M is who he goes by on Spotify. Please give him a listen. We're working on a website for him. I believe it's ianmmusic.com. M as in Mickey Mouse. Anyway, be your family's bard. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Follow God, and he will be with you wherever you go. Let's take care of our families, let's tell stories, and let's get in those trenches, you poets at war. God of song, said the warrior part, though all the world betray thee one sword, at least thy right shall guard one faithful heart shall free.